Well, my great auntie Lol was certainly the most sophisticated member of our family, rose to the upper echelons of aristocracy. When she was a, a young woman, she dumped her fiancé because she realized that she wanted to pursue her career in nursing and go as far as she could with that. Not the sort of thing you did in the 1930s, but my Auntie Lol did. And so she did rise up, and Auntie Lol went to, get this now, the Queen's party twice. Twice. A sophisticated lady rubbing elbows, so to speak, with the aristocracy of the land. Now, I don't remember Auntie Lol very much because I was quite young and because she was quite aged, as you can imagine. But one of the things I do sort of remember, one of the, the family stories about my Auntie Lol, is what she had to say about the Old Testament. Auntie Lol said this, oh, I tried to read the Old Testament one time. It was like reading one of those bad books. I put it down, not the sort of thing a lady should be reading. This is her experience of the Old Testament. And the truth is, uh, you know, many of us sort of can have the, the same feeling. It's okay in the New Testament with Jesus, but man, you get into that Old Testament stuff. And some of the weird stories and some of the, the nasty things that we read in there, some of the things that we see God doing and God saying, you know, it's, it's no wonder that the new atheists, guys like you know, Richard Dawkins and his elf, no wonder he says, look, look, look at this God of the Old Testament. He's just, a, he's just a bad guy. He's crazy. He's got infanticide going on. He's got genocide going on. It's just horrific stuff. And as we saw last week in Hosea, you know, it's sort of like the exaltation of sexual and family violence. So what kind of a God is this in the Old Testament? But in the New Testament, well, now we have Jesus, and he's gentle giant who's gentle and mild and kind and forgiving and gracious, not like the old man back on the throne. But one of the things that we've been trying to do in this, in this series on Hesed throughout this time is to help us to understand that the defining characteristic and the defining character of God throughout the Old and the New Testament is not rage and vengeance and anger, but is in fact this marvelous word, hesed. This word which has all of these meanings that David so greatly put on this banner to remind us of all the time. This is the central characteristic of God. God is a God of hesed. And you might remember way back, we started this with Duff back in June. And he had a sermon, you can go and watch it again if you didn't catch it, in a sermon called What's in a Name? Because he looked at this whole passage where God first gives his, his, his defining definition of his name. It's found there in Exodus chapter 34. Remember the, the whole story, they're giving you the Ten Commandments, all this stuff. And, and Moses had asked God, let me see your glory. And God says, well, <laughs> nobody can see my glory and live. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to put you in this, this hole in a rock. And I'm going to go past you and I'm going to declare my name and I'm going to tell you what that name means. And this is what God said, Exodus chapter 34. And he, that's God, passed in front of Moses proclaiming, the Lord, the Lord. Now, here's what my name, the Lord, means. The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger and abounding in hesed, and faithfulness, maintaining 
Hesed through the thousands. Notice it's Hesed that he talks about twice in this definition. Maintaining Hesed to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. Yet he does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes children and their children to the sin of the parents of the third and the fourth generation. But God is saying, listen, here's my name, and my name means basically means Hesed. Now, here's the thing. It also has this idea of faithfulness is up there as well. And because God is faithful to himself and to each other, he can't just let sin slide. He has to deal with, with sin. But here's what he says. He says, listen, my forgiveness, my kindness, my hesed, it's going to last for thousands and thousands and thousands of generations. But the consequences of sin, I'm going to cut that off. I'm going to make sure that the consequences of, of, of sin doesn't go past the fourth generation. Because I am a God who is defined by hesed, by love, by mercy, by grace, by compassion, by devotion, by covenantal faithfulness. This is the God that I am. And so Michael Card, in that book we've sort of referred to in Pressel several times, he has a chapter. And the chapter is called, I am hesed. I am hesed. And he bases that chapter on Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 12. Now, it's interesting that, that it's Jeremiah that says this, because if you think about the Old Testament, very often with the Old Testament, the prophets out there and giving uh, Israel or Judah what for. It's, very often it's the prophets who are saying, I'm going to come and I'm going to punish you. I'm going to discipline you. You are going to have a rough time. I'm going to catch all those things that we saw last week. And yet it's Jeremiah, this weeping prophet who wrote Lamentations because he was just sad. Because the whole thing was a disaster. And it's in Jeremiah that we find this passage, I am Hesed. Because Jeremiah wants us to remember long-suffering Hesed. Long-suffering, Hesed. Let's see what it says. The Lord said to me, that's to Jeremiah, faithless Israel is more righteous than unfaithful Judah. Go and proclaim this message to the north. Go and proclaim it to, to Israel. Return, faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am Hesed, I am Hesed, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Just acknowledge your guilt. Acknowledge that you've rebelled against the Lord your God and you've scattered your favors to foreign gods. In other words, you've pursued something that, that God is not enough. You've pursued some of these other things. Just acknowledge that you've done that. Every spreading tree and you've not obeyed me, declared the Lord. Now, to understand this, there's a couple of things you need to understand, okay, just to, to grasp what's going on. You remember wise King Solomon? You know, the wisest guy, or David's son, and all that sort of stuff. So after, after Solomon kicked it, Israel, the God's nation, divided into two because his you know, son was a bit of a jerk. And so. and so what happened is it divided into two into the northern kingdom, which is called Israel. It gets kind of confusing. Okay, that's called Israel or the northern kingdom. And then the southern kingdom was called Judah, kind of around Jerusalem and that sort of thing, people who were loyal to David's lineage. Okay, so you've got a divided kingdom that happened. Now, Jeremiah was largely a prophet to the south, to the southern kingdom, okay, to Judah. Now, last week we looked at Hosea. Hosea 
was a prophet to the northern kingdom about 100 years before. Okay, so you got that going on? And so you remember what Hosea did. He went in and he tried to say, hey, come back to God, come back to God. God's going to woo you back, all of these kind of things. And the northern kingdom or Israel didn't. So what happened? Assyria, a dominant power at the time, came in and conquered the northern kingdom, right? Now, what we've got here about 100 years later is God is still trying to get Israel back. His Hesed is saying, look, it's been 100 years that you've been away from me, and I'm not going to frown you. Just come back. And so he says to, to, to Jeremiah, this southern prophet, speak to the northern kingdom. I know you're largely called to the, to the south, and I know it's kind of disappeared up there, but speak to those people up north and tell them all they have to do, all they have to do is, is acknowledge their sin. All they have to do is turn their face back towards me, and I'll take those who are scattered, and I'll bring them back again. It's a hundred years later, but I'm still trying to call you back. I'm still trying to woo my bride back to me. But of course, they didn't listen. Now, why did God continue to do that 100 years later? Because of his hesed. Because he says, I am hesed. Hesed defines me. And though all in your rebellion, I had to allow Assyria to come in because you wouldn't come back and, and, and take you away because if you wanted to pursue other gods, then I'm going to let you pursue other gods and Assyria is going to take you away and you're going to worship these other gods and you are going to be miserable. So just come back to me because I am Hesed. Really a better translation is, I am a God who does Hesed. I'm a God who, because Hesed is something that we do. It's so much a part of God. It's something that he does. This is God saying, I'm the one who is faithful when you are not. I'm the one who is merciful and forgiving when you are continually unfaithful and rebellious. I am Hesed. I am going to continue to do Hesed to you. While you abandon our covenant, while you abandon our marriage, while you wreck our relationship, I am faithful. I am Hesed. And I will keep coming back to you and try to make it work. All you have to do is acknowledge your guilt and return to me. And my hesed, my grace, my loving kindness, my forgiveness, my covenantal faithfulness will take care of the rest. Well, the north didn't listen to Hosea and the south didn't listen to Jeremiah. And the Babylonians came and took them into captivity and wrecked Jerusalem and wrecked the temple and, and did all of those stuff. And for 70 years, they were carried away into captivity. You see, what we need to understand is simply this. People cannot keep covenant. People can just not keep covenant. We just have a hard time being faithful. We can't keep our relationship with God straight. We keep wandering off the path. We keep sinning. We keep being unfaithful to our God who is faithful in his covenant keeping. And so God has to have a more permanent solution to deal with our sin, to deal with our faithfulness, something more permanent, something more all-encompassing, all something that doesn't depend on me has to be put in place because you and I, we don't keep covenant. We are, as we saw last week, Gomer. 
And God has to have a plan that will take care of that. Some arrangement that it deals with our inability to keep covenant and gives God the opportunity to express his hesed where he can give us forgiveness and at the same time deal with the reality of sin and rebellion and hatred. And these things we keep into our thoughts and minds and actions in society. And so God through Jeremiah, because he's a God of Hesed, talks about a new covenant, a new way of doing it, a covenant that deals with our problems and God's faithful Hesed. And so this is what we read in Jeremiah. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I'll make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. In other words, with all of the people again. It will not be like the covenant I made with their ancestors when I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt. That thing that I did with Moses, it's going to be a bit different than that because they broke my covenant. Though I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. So this is the covenant I'll make with my people of Israel after that time, declares the Lord. I'm going to put my law into their minds and I'm going to write it into their heart. And I'm going to make it part of them. I will be their God and they will be my people. And no longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, hey, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and will remember their sins no more. A new covenant is coming, says God. A new expression of my hesed. A covenant that God himself would keep on our behalf because we can't be faithful. A covenant that really does show God and make God's hesed everlasting for us. A covenant that comes about because it's going to be hesed incarnate. Hesed incarnate. They're familiar words, but sometimes they're a bit so familiar that we forget about the background in the Old Testament that it's rooted in. The words are found in the first chapter of the Gospel of John. You know it. I bet you you know it. And the Word became flesh, and He made His dwelling among us, and we have seen His glory The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace, full of hesed and truth. We've seen his glory. Remember the the, the setup there? When Moses said, hey, I want want to see your glory. And God says, well, you can't see my face, but I'm going to show you my glory by by just hiding away. And I'm going to pass in front of you. And I'm going to tell you my name. And what's in my name? My name, what's in my name is Hesed and Truth. It's not immediately apparent and would have to do some traveling through different languages and different things to get there. But you had enough Bible third year Bible cards last year and last week when we looked at sexual violence and marriage and all that sort of stuff. So we won't do it this time. I want to ask you to trust me. You can read commentary after commentary after commentary and scholar after scholar after scholar and they will tell you that John 1.14 is rooted and established in Exodus 34. That's what John had in mind when God gives the definition of his name 
And the God of Hesed in Exodus is the God incarnate in Jesus who comes to all full, abounding in his Hesed and in his truth. It's in Jesus that God comes with this incredible plan, this new covenant, where he says that I understand that you are faithless. You are going to mess up, Alan. You're going to mess up every day. You're going to mess up every hour. Sometimes you're going to do it on purpose and sometimes you're just going to slip up. But you are going to break covenant and you're going to be pursuing all kinds of other things. And sometimes you're not even going to realize that you're pursuing them until it's way too late and the damage is done. So I tell you what I'm going to do. I am going to become a human being. And I'm going to keep covenant in your place. Because I, Jesus, am going to be faithful. And I, Jesus, am going to be sinless. And then because of my hesed, because I am hesed, because I am forgiveness, all you have to do is turn and face me and acknowledge your sin. Just like Jeremiah tried to get Israel to do. Just turn and acknowledge me and my hesed, my faithfulness, my kindness, my mercy, my grace, my grace that I'm full of will take care of the truth that sin has to be dealt with. And you will be forgiven and you will again be my bride and you will again Understand and experience the fullness of my Hesed. Because I, Jesus, am Hesed incarnate, full of Hesed and truth. You see, we serve a God of Hesed. From the Old Testament through the New, the string that holds it all together is the character of God. Not two gods, an angry, wrathful, vengeful, hateful, genocidal, homicidal, infanticidal, whatever side you want to say, God in the Old and this gentle Jesus. No, a God of Hesed in the Old Testament and a God who comes full of Hesed in the New to hold the covenant, to fulfill the covenant. So that Alan Jones can just turn to Jesus and say, I acknowledge my sin. I need your hesed. I need your grace. And Jesus takes my sin upon himself and forgives and shows kindness because of his grace and makes us his bride. And it's because Jesus is Hesed incarnate that we truly can sing. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His Hesed endures forever. Almighty God, how thankful we are for this great truth. You know, sometimes I can fool myself into thinking that I'm a bit more faithful to this covenant, to this agreement, to this relationship that I have with you. But, but actually, quite frequently, I'm just reminded, no, 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 Alan, you are pursuing other things. You are counting on other things. You're giving your allegiance to other things. You, you are thinking all these things. 
But Jesus, you came to fulfill the covenant, to be faithful when I was faithless, to be sinless when I was sinful, and to take my sin, our sin, upon yourself. Because of Hesed. Because you are faithful when we are not. Because you are forgiving when we are not. Because you are gracious when we need it the most. And because of that, we are these dead bones rattling. We are people who live again. And you call us out of the grave to live eternally with you. Because throughout your interaction with us, and going on forever, you've shown yourself to be a God who is Hesed. And we thank you for that. Through Jesus our Savior. Amen.